Hey guys, welcome to the Cloud9 Podcast. I'm your host, I'm your writer. I'm here with Sally Doobie, Chief Sales Officer from The Bridge Group. Sally, welcome. Hi, Amir. Thank you. It's great to be here. So, so Sally, I think I got your Bridge Report, 2018 SDR report, about a year ago. Uh, and very fascinated by some of the stats that were in there. And that's how this relationship started. I think I reached out to you, uh, just thanking you for making the report. Uh, and then we got some great conversations about just sales and customer success. So I think one of the big things I'd love to talk about today is uh, the current churn rate and mm-hmm. tenure for SDRs and whether or not uh, customer success, a pivot to customer success could be the answer for, for lowering that churn. And uh, I think, you know, we're still sharing your uh, report with a lot of, a lot of people in the world. So I think it's got valuable information and they ask me sometimes, They'll say, you know, of the 70 some pages, what do you think's the top? <laughs> what are the top? Give me the bullet points. And I say, SDRs are, are you know, averaging 1.3 years and then they're gone. So, um, yeah, yeah. let's talk about your thoughts about that. We can chat about it. Yeah, it is. I, you know, I don't know if I'd say we're in a crisis situation, but we're certainly, it keeps getting lower and lower every year. Um, we've got a huge attrition rate of like 39% in the SDR world. And even when we break down like by size of company, we see the smaller companies like under 20 million, they can have an attrition rate in the SDR world of as high as 54%. So yeah, you know, and that is a combination of voluntary and involuntary, but you know, so you're constantly, it's a revolving door and it's really hard for many SDR teams to get traction and get those repeatable results because the churn rate is so high. Um, and so it is, it, it's a really big issue for the vast majority of companies that, that we talk to. Yeah. A lot of people aren't talking about it, right? I think they, I right. think they're, they're, they're just, they're, they're thinking of themselves that I'm going to hire the problem away. I think it sounds like, or I'm going to, I'm going to buy some more technology and the problem will go away. (laughs) You know, I think that that it's a combination of all of the above is that, you know, and and I think there's something, especially in the tech world, which we at the bridge group deal an awful lot in is that I think there, and I'll call it an arrogance that there's a lot of companies that believe that they're better than everybody else. And so they're going to be able to keep, you know, keep a, people at a higher tenure rate. And, you know, I saw some reports recently that in general, like at companies like Google, their average tenure of all positions is like just a little over a year as well. So, you know, it doesn't matter how big you are or how great you think you really are. (laughs) It's a problem across all companies and all functions as well. Um, and so, you know, I think there's a couple of things that in the SDR world, for some reason, we almost are accepting it, that this is part of the challenge of having SDRs. Yep. It's just a part of having an SDR team, you're going to have a lot of churn. Um, and there might be something to that. Um, but I do think there are definitely a lot of things we can do to you know, keep people and retain them much longer in the SDR role um, and then within the company. Yeah, well, you, you mentioned a lot there. Right? I think the, the, <laughs> the, a bigger issue where people aren't working for Ford Motors anymore for 50 years and retiring mm-hmm. with companies, that's an overall issue. I think that's could be blamed 
by the smartphone, right? Mm -hmm. Where I think we have access to um, new jobs, new at this, new that, right? I think I think right. communication has become really easy for people. Um, you know, we also have very low unemployment in yes. America and worldwide, yeah. which creates competition for all positions. Yes. Um, and then we zoom into SDRs, and and you said um, voluntarily and involuntary resonate uh, um, job positions, but there's also where does the actual promotion to account executive also pull that play? Because a lot of people, the SDR role to them is the entry level to an account executive role, right? right. So then all right. of a sudden, okay, from the people who didn't uh, resign on their own, they didn't need to be fired, now your best guys are promoted. Now they're getting You're, leads, they're working demos, they're not calling anymore, so you got this continuous skill gap. And I think, absolutely. You know, I think also what's happening is it's becoming, it's a hard trait and it's becoming harder, right? So I think um, as automation comes in, as people's inboxes get flooded, right? Their phones are flooded. It's becoming more of an inbound world, right? I think, I think HubSpot jumped on that inbound wagon, but people are becoming more, they're, they're becoming inbound. Like how I came to, to you guys was an inbound. I was an MQL when I downloaded yeah. <laughs> right? But I wasn't the yeah. one to you guys. Um, so I think overall there's like a lot of forces in play, right? I think yeah, yeah. a lot and it's, it's squeezing out and, and you mentioned something about small organizations. So those are the ones that can't afford to do it wrong. Right. So exactly. But yet they do. <laughs> yeah. It, it's the ones that don't have, they haven't raised money or they right. don't have the budgets for it. And they're the ones turning faster. Um, and then it brings up customer success, right? Cause mm -hmm. Everybody hears about customer success. It's uh, one of the fastest growing jobs, right? There's customer huge, success yeah. conferences now. Yep. Um, you know, is customer success just really account managers named customer success? Like where, <laughs> where you know, there, where does that line yeah. blur, right? Yes. Well, there is a lot. There's a lot of confusion in the customer success world. I mean, we could go on for hours and hours about that. Um, you can go and talk to five companies and ask them what customer success means to them and how do they have it implemented in their company. Yep. And you'll get five totally different answers right? Um, and where it reports into and what kind of people do they need and what are they tracking and measuring? It's just, it's, um, it is such a relatively new area that there is a lot of confusion, a lot of gray. Um, but we also find that in the SDR world. So I think, <laughs> well, yeah, well, well SDRs know. report to marketing, yeah. customer success is leading SDR teams. I've, I've seen it all as well. Um, yeah. yeah. What, what is, what, from, from, from your perspective, what, what, what are we at least seeing that what one common trait of customer success is everybody getting right? Like, what is that one thing that everyone's like, this is customer success. Is there something that just kind of holding it together? You know, I, I think the overall, from a really big picture, the focus that we have to focus on our existing customers and we have to treat them well and better and we have to make sure that they're using the products um, for us to continue to grow as a company. I think that's the one overarching. It's a pretty big general topic, but, you know, it, it is a big change from 
the on-prem companies where it's like, okay, we got them, you know. <laughs> so the the commonality gonna... is we're talking to customers. Right. We have separate com we have separate teams yeah. that are focused on the company, um, on our customers that are focused on helping them get onboarded, right? That are helping them to actually use the product. We have different, not only marketing teams that are also focused on you know, not only how do we help in marketing acquire new customers, but how do we help retain and adopt our current customers? So we're getting a lot more um, talk within a company and a lot more focus within a company all the way up to the CEO level, right? About our customers. Our customers are our most valuable asset and we have to treat them as such and that we're you know even dedicating these special teams to just our customer whereas before right it was the sales rep who owned both in you know um new business as well as install base and they only talked to their install base you know maybe once a year when it was coming up close to the renewal time frame <laughs> to get that services contract and so the world has changed a lot um from that aspect and i think that's the one common thing I can say. I think especially in tech, we're getting right is that we really are understanding that, you know, it's all about our customers and we need to focus on them. Do you find that um, renewals is also under customer success? Again, that's one of the things. Because <laughs> I'm still, yeah, I, that I mean, is, it is, but is it? I, I don't know. What do you that think? is a big gray area where, you know, renewals can fall in a separate organization. It can fall under sales or it can be part of customer success. Um, we see in customer success that there really can be four distinct teams. And this is where, you know, the SDRs, um, I think that's a great career path for SDRs because there's so many different levels that they can easily move into. So, you know, sort of at one level is you've got the renewals, right? You've got to keep that renewal going, but then you've got upsells and cross-sells can also be part of customer success. Onboarding the customer and making sure that they're understanding, you know, how do you implement the, uh, the, your product or service? How do you get all the users up and going on it um, is a huge one, right? Because if people aren't using your product, you're not going to get the renewals and you're not going to get any cross-sell and upsell. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a big one. And then you've got a totally separate one out there that is, I'll call more like the technical support arm where when people are having a problem with a product and how it operates, you know, you got to go to your, your technical people to help, um, you know, do that in depth digging and finding that's out. That's customer okay. support. That for me, that's like, okay, closing yes. a support ticket, customer support, yes. right? Yes. But, but yeah. those are all, if you look at all those different functions, yeah. in reality, they're all different skill sets and they're different ways that you measure people. Um, and they're different ways that they operate on a day-to-day -day basis so that's I think why we're seeing that there's a natural delineation between sort of those four key categories and functions right and so you know I mean your typical you know if we get back to the SDR thing your typical SDR is probably not going to go from being an SDR to being a, a customer support a technical support person 
right? Uh, because most SDRs are coming straight out of college and maybe only have one or two jobs under their belt. Mm -hmm. So that technical thing is that's a totally different area. They usually, you know, they've got specialized degrees in that um, and they come up through that world. Um, you know, upselling and cross-selling potentially Closer. could be a good fit, right? Depending on a lot of it goes back to what market segment are you, um, you know, going after what's your average deal size. Mm-hmm. If you're a, uh, a work day or an SAP, right. Or an Oracle where you've got the really big deals, um, and the long sales cycles, that's probably not a good jump for an SDR either. Right. But if you're um, a lean data or, you know, a bill.com, some of those where you've got your selling maybe into the SMB, the mid market, your average deal sizes are smaller, um, you know, that might be a potential um, for an SDR. But I think where the SDRs really there's a good uh, fit is in the renewals function mm-hmm. as a starting point right? Because that's pretty prescriptive. Um, In a lot of cases, there's a lot of process along with finesse and communication. And so that's a natural bridge um, from the SDR role um, to do, you know, potentially onboarding um, might be another place. But again, it depends on how complex your product is. If it's a pretty straightforward product, you know, yes. If it's a sales tool or technology, that's probably a really good one for an SDR, right? Because you can really get that and understand that. If it's a financial tool or a security tool and for onboarding, that may not be such a, a good fit. Yeah, I mean, it brings up, you know, I think we have needles to bring up the point that an SDR role is also very different depending on the organization you work for depending on are you an inbound SDR or an outbound, right? right? And I think yeah. that something I'd love to see in the report is maybe separating that uh, data because I think that you find with outbound SDRs that the tenure is probably even a lot lower. The churn rate's a lot higher, right? Um, and it, it, Well, it depends on – so yes and no, right? So outbound SDRs, you typically find outbound SDRs at the higher average deal size, the more complex products. When you start talking about – Um, products, again, going back to like an SAP, an Oracle, Workday, where they are $100,000 plus, we see that SDR tenure is actually a lot higher. It's actually more like two and a half to three years. And that's because they're hiring more experienced SDRs. It's not quite Um, quite as high volume, there's a lot more that you really have to know and do to be able to to do outbound successfully when you're selling into very large enterprises and it's an outbound, especially like if you're doing a true account-based marketing program with these large companies, that's pretty sophisticated. And, you know, um, somebody out of school probably is not the right profile person for that. Yeah. And, and two, two to three qualified meetings per month could be a good number. Exactly. Exactly. If you're doing million dollar deals and you're given, you know, two meetings a month, that's really awesome. Right. Um, So that's, that is where we do see differences and Mm -hmm. where we do see, um, again, people staying longer, less churn and burn is in the outbound versus 
the inbound. But well, let's, let's talk about outbound versus inbound. So, so mm -hmm. we're talking the same language. Right? Outbound, we're talking about strangers, right? They don't know yes. who they are. Inbound, we're talking about you might have been a trade show, they downloaded an ebook. There's a little bit of knowing who you are, right? Right. Somehow they came to you. They, they may not have exactly raised their hand, yeah. right? It could be as well. It could be something all the way from, you know, they filled a contact us request form on your website and said, hey, I've got some questions or I want to see a demo of your product, or they just came to a webinar, um, or they downloaded some content, right? So it could be any of those things. Um, but they came to you, yes. Um, outbound is very much, you are proactively, you've hopefully identified your ideal customer profile into your sweet spot, you found the right buyers that you should be targeting, and you're yeah. going after them without them saying, you know, or showing any kind of interest. Now, do you think automation is changing the job role as well in the sense that, you know, if you really look at an SDR function, what it was, um, you know, when I worked at NetSuite, um, I was an account executive a long time before, and, you know, we were sending out 20 templates a day. It was a great number, right? It was like, great. Yeah. Send out, and now it's like, you need 10 domains, sending 300 emails a day. So, you know, with automation coming in, do you see an opportunity for some of the SDR function to be rolled up into customer success in a way that um, a customer success rep will potentially be automating LinkedIn, using LinkedIn for social selling, sending out emails, maybe not calling, right? Because that's a really, you want to really focus on that, but then handling existing customers. Do you, see, do you think companies have an opportunity there to almost automate sales in a way where Maybe somebody opens the email, clicks an email, reads something, and then that is then given to a customer success rep to call back. Not exactly a customer yet, but they're a little bit warmer. Is that an opportunity for companies to push some of those responsibilities, or is it really separate? Or So, you know, I think it's a couple different things. Um, if they're really not a customer, I don't believe you get customer success involved, yeah. right? But certainly we are seeing more and more that companies are getting much more sophisticated in their routing. So if an existing customer comes in, they go to a webinar or they do raise their hand and say they want to know um, about this new product maybe that you just released. We do see companies like Lean Data um, that can route that Mm -hmm. to the customer success rep. And so we may even bypass the SDR and an AE. Again, depending on how you have, you know, the rules of engagement aligned between all those three groups, but it could go directly to your customer success rep. And then they could be responsible, especially if you've got, you know, and again, it depends on what your customer success reps are responsible for. But if you've got somebody doing the cross-sell and upsell, um, you know, in customer success, they may get that. And then they're responsible for follow-up, right? Yeah. And getting back in touch. Um, we are seeing companies like Discover Work, for instance, though, that they have created um, and um, not only Discover Org, but um, my mind is just going blank, sorry. Um, but that they're creating special um, customer success sales development groups. So they're only working on existing customers to help drive upsell and cross-sell. And so it's just like an SDR though, you know, in finding new business, they're finding those cross-sell up, upsell opportunities with an existing account. And then they're passing them off to um, customer success. If customer success is responsible for upsell or cross-sell, or it could be the AE. 
um, yeah. if the AE still carries responsibility for new business as well as existing business cross-sell and upsell. You know, going back to the, the churn rate of SDRs, sometimes when I think about that rate, I, I also think about jobs that have a repetitive function that's having higher churn, right? Like if someone's just doing the same thing every day, mm -hmm. they might be like, I want to learn some more stuff, right? People want mm -hmm. growth. And right. It's, right. It's, it's weird. There's two chains of thought, right? There's the Aaron Ross predictable revenue specialization um, role. And then there's people who are like, like me, where like, okay, maybe you can have someone do multiple functions and it, it, it creates one issue where it's harder to scale when people are doing multiple things. And then it creates, it's the other side of the coin where everyone's specialized, but they might be churning. Do you think that companies are also like, if you're in hyper growth mode, you're blitz scaling, maybe you, maybe that churn is okay. Right. Cause you have goals to hit, you're hitting your goals. you got specialization people come and they go. Do you think it's also the type of company in the sense that like, if you're a hyper growth company, this churns okay, specialize. If they call 150 people a day and they don't like it after a year and they're gone, no problem. Whereas a smaller company might be like, we have a culture where people can grow inside it. We're going to give more roles. Do you think that like that role changes depending on the company's goals or your hyper growth company or maybe just family? Yeah, company? I think it can. And we, we do address this a little bit in our, our SDR report is that we find high growth companies um, are better at, they have a higher involuntary churn because they're better at getting rid of people that aren't working out. Okay. Um, whereas we find in especially small companies, they may tend to err on the side, you know, this person isn't really good, but we, as what we have a saying here at the bridge group that Trish started is that, you know, bad breath is better than no breath at all. Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately some, you know, startup companies take that is that, well, they're not very good, but at least we got somebody in the seat um, having it vacant right and so you know we find at the smaller and even larger companies they may be more willing to accept subpar performance and not move it out as quickly as high growth companies are but you know i think one of the things that i did want to bring up too is that i i think we as managers and leaders um at companies are are equally as guilty of causing a lot of churn in the SDR role. Something I've been talking about for the last few years is that many leaders, when you talk to them, they have this philosophy that if you're an SDR for longer than a year, something must be wrong with you. And so we come in and we tell people, well, we don't want you to be an SDR for longer than a year. We think you should be moving out to these other groups. So we set up this unrealistic expectation and that there's something wrong with the SDR role right from the beginning. When I know many SDRs that have been in SDR for 10, 15, 20 years, they're amazing at what they do. It fits their lifestyle. It works in and, and that's what they want to do. And that's yeah. what they love to do. They may love cold calling. Trish Bertuzzi loves cold calling. She's always telling me she wants to be my SDR. And I'm like, you go for it. <laughs> I'll take any lead you want to generate for Sounds me. Sounds familiar. I feel, like an, I feel like an SDR for my team as well, but I haven't been hitting the phone, so I'm guilty of that. Yeah. Trisha's yeah. been there. But yeah. So, you know, I, I think that if we as leaders and managers would not set that expectation and put that on there, because we 
We also did a, um, sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit, but Matt Bertuzzi, our, our great guru um, at the Bridge Group, did some um, research and looking at how successful were SDRs that moved into the AE role. Um, and he broke it down by how, you know, what their length of tenure was as an SDR before they moved in the AE role. He did it all from LinkedIn. So it was all self-reported data, yeah. um, which you never know <laughs> um, about that on LinkedIn. But basically what we found is that SDRs that were promoted before a year had a really huge failure rate in being an AE role. Um, where was that? Where was that sweet spot where we saw success? Um, a year and a half. Okay. Um, I, I think it was actually, yeah, it was a year and a half. There's a little uh, bit more patience. Yes. So, you know, if you really want to be an, a, an AE, if you move too quickly, you're sabotaging yourself. Yeah. And we as managers and executives in companies, we're sabotaging our sales teams by moving SDRs in too quickly. Um, so, you know, the ones that are doing the best are the ones that have been there the longest. So, you know, we've got this dichotomy of what we're doing and the expectations were set. I mean, I don't know any other role where we hire people in. You know, do we hire anybody into finance and say, oh, you know, you should only want to be in this role for a year or less or we don't want you? Do you hire people in, you know, in the technical roles and engineering? We don't. It's the only role of, that I know of in a company where we are outright telling people, you know, we don't want you if you want to be in this role for a while. Well, it's also a fundamental difference, right? I think account executives typically earn more than SDRs, right? So I think we're setting it up right away that it's like, this is that promotion in their mind. We are. And I have to tell you, I mean, what, you know, I see happening is that people do come in and they think that they want to be an AE, but they don't even know what that really entails and what that job is and they don't understand the stress and pressure of having to meet that number every month every quarter every year and when they find out actually and they start seeing what's going on a lot of them are choosing to say you know what that AE role really isn't what I want yeah hence the I, whole customer success I shadowed I shadowed a SDR advantage um, a couple months ago and she was in for three years and I asked her I said do you ever want to become an account executive and what she said to me was no not really I see the pressure that's on them and I see the speed at which they need to do XYZ and I'm comfortable being SDR so it's interesting because that was you know for me I was why do you want to become an AE? But you know, it, now people are starting to realize, hey, there's it's a different role, different responsibility. Yes, um, and I, you know, yeah. yeah, no, we hear it a lot, especially you know with with the younger generation, um, the ones coming out of college now, you know, millennials, um, that that that's not a career path that they see. Um, I think sales has gotten a bad wrap, if you will, um, and the term sales, um, especially if you're not doing it professionally in the right way, <laughs> um, we have taken a bad rap. And so, but I think that's one of the key things that companies need to do is that you need to open up your, you know, your vision and we should be creating career paths for SDRs for those that want it. We shouldn't be forcing them. Um, but we should be providing them the opportunities, but it shouldn't just be an AE, 
right? Because that's not going to be for everybody. Um, you know, they can go into marketing, they can go into operations, they can go into sales enablement. And customer success is one where, you know, I was just reading some results um, where the customer success ramp is six months mm -hmm. when you're hiring somebody brand new. Well, just think if you've got somebody that's been at your company a year, a year and a half, two years, they understand the culture. They understand the products to a degree, right? They understand your philosophies. They understand your buyers to a degree. So you can reduce that six-month ramp time by taking someone like an SDR and moving them into an appropriate position within customer success. Um, but you've yeah. got to create that special career path where you just don't say, okay, you've been an SDR. Now all of a sudden you're, you know, upsell and cross sell when they've never had to close a deal before they've never had to negotiate, you know, so you've got to provide them the right skill sets along the way. Once they think that they're, they want to go. Yeah, but I think one of the big things that's, you know, it's missing, you know, for us as well, I think leaders have data um, and we don't have to be reactive, but we choose to be reactive, right? We choose to wait until someone wants to resign and then offer them something else. We're not proactive. So um, one of the things that's been happening at CloudTask, and I'll, you know, I'll, I'll air some of our dirty laundry, after 1.3 years, people are sometimes done with the SDR role, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what we would do in the past was we were reactive right now they're unhappy cool now here's your option here here's your option there um we're not proactive and we act as, as far as our managed service like we wanted to take care of all the churn or upsell so now we have clients that have uh, sdrs for a year and if there's been no real growth because they're like okay we just we want this jar role which is fine um, or no promotions, we actually proactively tell people, based on data, we know that we might have to replace this person uh, and we're gonna proactively replace them and then give that person a new opportunity elsewhere because you, ha you have to use the data, right? Like if you, mm -hmm. if you just wait for mm -hmm. people to resign, if you just wait for what you know is gonna happen, like you guys are going out there, you're doing the research, you're telling us what's gonna happen. Everyone has their, that ego, right? It's not gonna happen to me. Yep. Right, right. <laughs> Data's data, right? Like you don't have to be a data person to trust it, right? Right, right. No, exactly. But I, I think that that's also, you know, there's some things there that you could do, like creating, you know, stair step promotions within the SDR role. Yeah. Right. Um, to keep them engaged, to keep them learning, you know, and it's based on, you know, them achieving certain milestones and goals, right? Mm -hmm. So as they get better performance, they can move up and, you know, they can become an SDR, you know. Yeah. A senior person, right? They can become a team lead. They can become a manager, whatever those are. And they get, you know, incremental bumps, potentially in incentive comp, potentially in base, but they get a title change. And so for a lot of SDRs, you know, when they can change their title on LinkedIn, right? When they can change and they can tell their parents or their friends, hey, I got a promotion. That's all they're really looking for <laughs> in a lot of cases and so you've satisfied that need and we are seeing companies be able to differentiate themselves in the hiring process when they can show okay here's your your SDR career path within the SDR role mm -hmm. where you could continue to move up you don't have to wait a year 
for anything to change. You, we've got these, you know, stair steps. Um, and then here's a variety of different career paths that you can move into with the company. It doesn't just have to be an AE role. Or if an AE role makes sense, absolutely. But you can go here, you can go here, and it's all out outline you now have set yourself apart and you're going to be the top choice for many of the sdrs that you're out there trying to hire sal you just said it um bad breath is better than no breath and a career <laughs> path is better than no career path and i i'm going to throw myself yeah. under the bus right here i put a task in Rike, which is our project management software yeah. in yeah. 2016 for a career path why because i'm a sales guy and i know how yeah. important the career path is um, yeah. This is one of those tasks where I didn't finish, and I think I think um, I think it's unfortunate for me. While we're having this conversation, I'm in my back mind. I'm like, this is a pri I'm sending an email out after this, and this I want this career path done tomorrow. Um, and yeah, we we literally had a conversation today. Even you, you know, we were talking about incentives, but even little things as um, you're an SDR for six months, you've got great numbers, you can work remote now, right? Like right. that's also uh, you know. Um, right. that's also right. a benefit. So there's, so I guess, I think the bottom line is that the data is there and we have to do something about it. Right. right. We have to understand, we have to build a customer success team because our customers matter. We know that yep. we agree on that. There's no debate, yep. right? Nope. Nope. There's millennials or anybody in general, we got to show them growth. We got to give them something to go for. Right. So like we have to be proactive. So I think, I think any leader listening to this or any sales leader or, or operation leader or CX leader needs to just be proactive because yes. it's, it's going to come if you don't do anything. Right. And you're going to be reactive. It's going to get you upset. You're going to be like, why did this happen? I, you know, I see it all the time. Now there's some organizations that I've talked to where like the, SDR manager was sending me to the VP of sales to get hired. Then I got sent to the CX manager about getting hired. And then five months later, they're both at new companies, you know, and, and they were <laughs> yeah. both great and they're both happy. Right. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Like we have, we have to be proactive. Uh, look, so, so bridge group, like you guys have been helping organizations build scalable, repeatable sales organizations for quite some time. Right. Yeah. What's next for you guys is, is customer success. And I don't want any spoilers. You don't have to tell me anything. But it's on your radar. Yeah, no, that is exactly on the radar and where we're going because it's just, it's such a natural with sales development, with inside sales that we also do. And we've all, we've always done a lot in the account management side, working with existing customers, right? And so for us, that's a big piece of customer success. Um, so we are definitely in the customer success world um, in consulting, but I would say, you know, we're all about revenue. Um, whether it's SDR, inside sales, it's all the revenue piece that that is what we know and how we know to drive to. So it's those pieces, whether it's renewals, cross-sell, upsell, that are our focus on the customer success spectrum. We're not technical support people, so that would not be anything we would get involved in or really onboarding. Growth. Um, and are all about the growth. Exactly. Exactly. Give us growth. And we're there. <laughs> yeah, I, I refer to us as a call, a growth center, not a call center. So I guess that's why that's why our organizations are friends. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So can we? One more, one more spoiler. Can we expect a 2019 customer success report, or is that a little too much? Uh, <laughs> I need that data. Yeah. So no, great question. We are in the process right now of doing our um, sales, our SaaS sales. 
um, update to the yep. metrics. And there is a big chunk in there that is about the customer success, the growth piece of it. Um, and so we will be doing more in that um, and calling more of that out. So for those people who would love to take it, um, we really, you know, would love to get as many people as possible. Go to um, www.bridgegroupinc.com and look under resources, and there is a link to the survey that you can take now before it closes. Without out. the surveys, guys, we don't have we don't have actionable data. So right, right. I'll, I'll fill the survey. Yeah, there you go. Good. <laughs> so, so Sally, this has been awesome. Um, before we, we before we part ways, maybe you know I know you've 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 done a lot, you have a lot of experience. Maybe tell the audience something that they, they wouldn't have guessed about you, um, professionally or personally. Anything just random <laughs> fact. So you know, I think just to see, we were talking about technology a little bit ago. How much things have progressed back in my day, and I'm not going to date myself all the way. But back in my day when I was selling, um, and this was at Oracle, we used to have to go and uh, so, you know, end of quarter, right, was always big. And there was a couple end of quarters when it was like, okay, if I get this deal in, I go from like 100% to 120, 125% of quota. And um, there was a lot of big kickers involved in that. That, right so we didn't have e-signature and e-contracts back then we actually had people physically sign a contract and it would go I think it was FedEx but for some reason it would turn up at the airport in the turnstile right and the thing and so there were many quarter ends where I'm driving to SFO <laughs> to pick up the package with a signed contract, drive it to the Oracle office to get it date stamped, and then take it down to shipping and pack up a box because we actually had stuff we had to ship out back then, the yeah. software as well as the manuals, get it packed up, and it had to be on the shipping dock by midnight. <laughs> that night and you had to get a date stamp so there That's were many awesome. nights i'm out there at you know midnight getting a date stamp so that i could meet my number things have come a long way it's guys when you, yeah, when you think your corners are hard waiting for that e-signature to come in just remember <laughs> you do not have to drive to the airport and wait on the turnstile and date stamp them and ship them Sally, right. this has been great. I, I, I doubt this is the last time that we'll speak. Um, for anybody who wants to connect with you or reach the Bridge Group in general, where can they find you? So you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I'm um, a Twitter. It's at Sally Doobie, D-U-B-Y is the last name. And LinkedIn is also Sally Doobie. Um, so reach out, contact us, go to the Bridge Group Inc. .com website. Um, there's a lot of great content and information there as well. Awesome. Sally, thank you so much. And for all the listeners listening to the Cloud9 podcast, appreciate your time. Sally, I look forward to doing this again. Thanks. It was a lot of fun. Enjoyed have, it. Have a good day. Thanks. You too.